Hi everyone, and welcome to Talking ELT, the easiest place to learn about the big issues in language teaching. We're here to cover the topics that you're interested in, and today we're going to be talking about self-regulated learning. I'm joined today by Nathan Thomas, lecturer in TESOL at UCL. Hi, Arendias, professor of TESOL and director of research Correct. Um, at Anaheim University, and Fleur Yubri Hodgson, um, who's part of the research team here at OUP. So thank you all for joining me today. Um, and as I said, we're going to be talking about self-regulated learning. Um, Hayo and Hayo and Nathan worked on a paper on this recently, a position paper, which you can probably find a link to down in the comments. Um, Flo is the editor of the paper, so they both, they both, they, they, all three of them really know what they're talking about here. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, very glad that you could join us today. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. So I suppose the most important question, the one which everyone watching is going to be asking first, is um, what is self-regulated learning? What do we mean when we use this term? Yeah, we had some good discussions about this because there's obviously a plethora of terminology out there, self-regulated learning, self-directed learning, independent learning, learner autonomy, and they're all sort of related to each other. But in this paper specifically, we focus on self-regulated learning and we, we look at it sort of quite broadly. And I think we agreed that essentially in its essence, it's the things that learners do to take control of, take responsibility for all of the different aspects of their learning. Um, okay, well, I suppose following up with that, you've, you've all now done a lot of work on self-regulated learning and, and a lot of research around it. Um, I guess one thing I wanted to ask is, um, how did you first get started with self-regulated learning? What interested you about the topic? Mm. Um, and yeah, how, how did you get involved? So for me, it was uh, actually as a master's student here in Oxford. Um, I was I was doing a degree on applied linguistics for English language teaching, and uh, one of the modules was on individual differences, um, different uh, features or characteristics of learners, and and what makes some unique. And um, self-regulation and language learning strategies was one of the parts of that module that I found really interesting, and I ended up writing my final essay in that course about it. Um, and from then on, it's, it became my dissertation topic, my doctoral research topic, and then I sort of expanded from there into now supervising research uh, from students of mine that are, that are interested in learning strategies and, and self-regulated learning as well. Mm -hmm. Well, I think I probably wouldn't have used it as a term, self-regulated learning, but I started getting interested when I was about when I was about sixteen at school, and I really needed to pass a chemistry exam, <laughs> and I was terrible at chemistry, and I just didn't like it. I didn't understand it. I remember that feeling. I could not go on to study what I wanted to do until I got this exam. So I thought, right, I'm going to have to work out how I'm going to get to this end goal and what the steps are to get there. And that's how I got interested in it because it, it worked. You know, I, I went through all these steps, and I did actually get there, and I got a good grade, and I could go on to do what I wanted to do. Um, but it was hard work. Mm. And I used, you know, all sorts of things. I used people to help me. I made plans. I drew up timetables, all sorts of different things. And based on that, I sort of used what I'd learned to, to do that with other subjects mm. afterwards. Mm. So, yeah, I'd say around about then. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah, well, for me, it's it's an interesting one because of where I landed in the end. Uh, I actually started off becoming interested in self-regulation, even though, like you, Fleur, I didn't you know know that term at the time. And um, when I was in in school, especially high school, and really 
was incredibly bored in the language classes, which really uh, amazed me because I was fascinated by languages and I loved learning languages mm. and, and, and trying it out outside the classroom. And I figured out that I could just much more quickly do it myself, which is what I ended up doing. And then later, of course, I realized that, yeah, there's a term for that, which is mm -hmm. nerdy. Uh, sorry, it's <laughs> self-regulation. So that, that's essentially why I started off um, in the field of applied linguistics is an interest in learning outside of, of the classroom, which is, of course, where self-regulated learning often plays a, a really important role. Of course, yeah, mm. that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, no, I'd say mine was similar because I, I like languages as well and so mm. I started learning them outside because it was fun and I could do it faster. And, mm. Yeah, <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so it was good fun, but chemistry, sadly, was, was not for me. No, no. <laughs> yep. For me, it was, it, was, uh, it was quite interesting to kind of have um, a bit of an opposite way of approaching it because um, it wasn't until I actually started teaching English that I started thinking very carefully about strategies and how to be more effective and more efficient. Um, maybe I wasn't the best language student when I was in school, like Heil. Um, you know, I wasn't. I didn't consider myself that self-regulated, but it was in trying to to help students um, to to teach them more effectively and, and so that they could learn outside of class. Um, but again, I think it was that putting the term to what was going on in my head, you know, it didn't happen yeah. until I had that exposure to it quite academically. Um, and actually, at the time, I was a little bit critical of it, because I saw myself as a language teacher, and I wanted to, you know, control the classroom, and I wanted to plan out what the students were going to learn as the expert. And um, it wasn't until actually, many years later, or several years later, working on various papers, and especially this position paper, where we've kind of taken a view of self-regulated learning that is quite holistic, um, that involves more than just the self, or more than just one individual learner. And um, I'm, I'm quite happy with that direction. And mm. I think that relates a lot to, you know, my academic exposure to the term itself, and then also my practical experience that mm. led to thinking about strategies and, and, and regulation of learning in general. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. So I, I suppose, following following up on that, um, I imagine many teachers, they hear about this idea of helping learners take control of their own learning. And I imagine some of them will find it quite daunting. So I suppose my next question is, when you were first getting started with this, when you were first helping learners self-regulate or experimenting with ways or, or exploring ways to help learners take control of their learning, um, how did you get to grips with it? Was it was it something you were good at, or um, or was it was it something that just fell apart? What what mistakes did you make, and what did you learn? For, for me, it was uh, it was a necessity because my first teaching experience was as a volunteer teaching refugees in in Holland and teaching them Dutch as a second language. And well, the nature, of course, of refugee learners is this, that they're transitory, so mm -hmm. you, know, you never know how long they're going to stay and how long you'll be able to support them. So it became very clear to me very quickly that if I wanted to really do something meaningful for them, that I would have to show them how to continue doing the stuff that we were doing together uh, by themselves. So I, I guess in a way I was, I, I've thrown into the deep end, uh, if you will, uh, I had to figure it out on, on the spot. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, I wasn't very good at it, I have to say, looking back, I wish I'd done it differently. I think I was teaching secondary school students, and I sort of assumed that they would think the same way I did from an adult point of view. And of course, some of them are only 14, 15. Yeah. They needed a lot more support. And I didn't always appreciate that. And I just thought, but why, why aren't you being good at this? I don't understand. And just got frustrated. Um, so if I had my time again, I would certainly do things differently and put in more support and bear in mind their age as well. Mm. Mm. <laughs> that they're not adult mm. necessarily. 
Yeah, I agree. I think that's a really interesting point about so the mindset of the teacher and the mindset of the students having to come into some kind of alignment with a similar goal in this regard. Um, I think my first few years of teaching felt mainly like crowd control. Mm. So yep. this idea, yes. yep. I'm, I'm sure that. many people Riot can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. It was, you know, the, the idea of, of these these self-regulating, autonomous, mm. independent learners. I just said, where are these learners? I don't know if I have any of those in, in my classroom. Um, so I think I think a lot of that was inexperience on my part. It was, you know, contextual conditions and the, and the type of schools and, and students that I was teaching at the time. Uh, and it was no one's fault, really. It was just kind of the context that we were in. And um, I think that, again, looking back, as you mentioned, if I could go back and do it again, I probably would have a bit more of an informed point of view now in terms of how to carve out a bit of time for some of this or trying to instill some some motivation to to take this learning outside of the classroom rather than just trying to to control and to make it happen while we're all together, mm. which was kind of what I was doing at the time. I think a lot of novice teachers maybe have similar situations where... Definitely, because you're aware of the curriculum that you've got to, you know, you've got to get through it or you're working towards high stakes exams. You've got to get through that as well. So all these things crowding in on you in a class of 20 30 plus um and then you think well where do i fit in helping them with their learning it's it's not easy there's, there's only so much time in the day yeah uh, not to get ahead of ourselves but i think it's interesting that our our own experiences have informed quite extensively the paper as we as we mm. came up with it and mm -hmm. especially the framework because we'll probably talk about this more later but what the very very first uh, pedagogical practice that we include in the framework for teachers to encourage and learners to develop is the ability to motivate oneself mm -hmm. to to help our learners to actually see the point of all this right because it's one thing to say you know you should you know, learn by yourself etc but if a learner doesn't understand why you are encouraging them to do that or even what it is that you're asking them to do and how it relates to their personal interests or their future goals they're unlikely to to do it right yeah so that that's why in in the framework that's the very very first thing that we included you've got to have a goal haven't you some some goal in mind that you're aiming towards that that's going to motivate you because without that it's really difficult i mean it could be a sort of yeah a major exam or it could be a project you're doing with a partner anything there's got to be some goal in mind and then you can work towards it mm. um, absolutely yeah and i think within within the curriculum uh, we can set up or help learners to set up manageable goals, you know, because mm -hmm. a common a common issue, again, we'll probably touch on this a little bit more later as well, but teachers having to cover certain content and they have to teach the book and there's a certain test on certain content. But I think with the idea of a more informed approach to self-regulated learning, it's not about setting very lofty goals about becoming an expert user of the language, but even goals directed towards curriculum aims that can incorporate self-regulated learning can be quite powerful. Mm. Yeah, to add. And, and, and also I think giving the learners uh, a, a framework, like a mental framework, a perspective, of, an understanding of, of what all of this is about, right? Because a lot of it can sound, even to us as teachers, quite abstract, you know, like monitoring progress and yeah. Yeah. revising your goals, etc. Mm. And as teachers, we, we probably have an idea of what that means. But for a learner, th those are fairly abstract concepts and especially because there's lots of them because, you know, as, 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 as we point out in the paper, self-regulated learning is obviously not one thing. It's a range of different skills and attitudes that somehow have to come together meaningfully. Yeah. And so, you know, helping learners to see the bigger picture 
um, is really powerful. And, and I've had this experience, and I'm sure many of, of our listeners and viewers will have had similar uh, situations where I would, you know, try and encourage learners to, you know, maybe make some decisions for themselves about what to learn <laughs> or how to learn. And they would say, well, you know, you're the teacher, you know, yeah. <laughs> I had, you know, several people tell me over the years, you know, you're the one that's being paid for this. So <laughs> do your job, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. but then, you know, there's many ways of which, of course, and I'd love to hear whether you've had any experiences with this, that you can, you can deal with this. And one strategy that I found useful is to bring in either more senior students or even uh, depending on the age of, of mm-hmm. the learners you're working with, um, you know, graduates, people who are in the workplace and, and just get them to come into class and say, well, what does your life look like now, right? And do you do does what you need to do for your job, for example, does that change sometimes? Oh, yeah, it changes all the time. Well, who teaches you how to adapt to that? No one. I have to do that myself, you know? And then suddenly you yeah. can see in the yeah. in the student's eyes, you're like, ah, uh, now I get it. A light bulb. <laughs> this, is, this is why. Yeah, yeah. No, that is very motivating, seeing real people come in who aren't teachers and they're considered more real, aren't they, if they're not a teacher? Um, and, and basically explaining how it's helped. Because it's so true. I mean, at work, and we all know that, employers want employees who are self-starters, who are motivated, who can adapt to change, who can just get on with stuff and not pester their manager all the time that is what you want and if you've managed a team you know you don't want somebody in your team who's saying what do I do every five minutes it drives you insane so if that can be got across to students (laughs) by someone else coming in then that's great and then they can see its relevance yeah I can see that Mm. yeah I think just to kind of piggyback on that idea I think that well, both of those, really, because the the idea of a more competent or more knowledgeable other is, is quite powerful, that kind of learner role model. But I think what you mentioned there as well about um, employers and what they're looking for um, in putting together the uh, resource pack. Sorry, what's it called? The toolkit mm. or the toolkit mm-hmm. uh, for this position paper. I was thinking of different activities mm-hmm. that we could do to kind of incorporate this into the classroom or that teachers could use. And one of the activities that I'm a bit disappointed I wasn't able to formulate in a way that could be included uh, was some kind of look at job advertisements and the mm. kind of desirable skills or attributes that employers were looking for. That would be interesting, yes. Mm. I know, I wish I could yeah. have gotten it in well, there. Well, that can be for the second one, maybe. <laughs> yeah, second edition, maybe. Part, part of the sequel, yes, yes. that's right. Yeah. But I, I think that is really important in that an activity like that connects it very tangibly to the, the, the life outcome that you're aiming mm. for. Yeah, mm. it also highlights, and we talk about this in the paper, that the the idea of self-regulated learning actually also ties in with a lot of a lot of other aspirations that schools have, or the or requirements, in fact, that you know are placed on teachers in schools, such as the the need to teach digital literacies or critical thinking, um, and and of course, you know, on a on a broader level, also um, the the need to prepare learners, uh, and it might be worth just briefly going on a, on a tangent here, but preparing learners both for lifelong learning, you know, which most of, of us are familiar with, the, the idea that at some point you are not there anymore as a teacher and learners will need to be able to sort of manage their own learning, but also live-wide learning, which has not received as much attention. And that relates to the idea that uh, learning doesn't, of course, just take place within the formal context in which a learner or student might be operating, but also in different different aspects and different contexts and spaces within their lives. And if we can help our learners in some way to capitalize on the opportunities that exist there, whether it's in online, uh, you know, social media or in, in games or uh, wherever the case may be, uh, then we are really, really 
you know, sowing a seed, if you will, to help learners to capitalize, to, to learn from all the different spaces that they, that they operate in. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talking ELT, the easiest place to learn about the big issues in language teaching. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you want to learn more about this issue and others like it. You can also get practical advice and resources on this topic by downloading our position paper. Just follow the link in the description.